Hello and welcome to this bonus Hidden Gems episode of The Travel Diaries, where some of my favourite guests from seasons one and two reveal their most loved secret spots from far-flung tropical islands and remote mountain kingdoms to remarkable architectural wonders that you might not yet have visited. I know from my own experience that any podcast not related to coronavirus is so welcome right now, so I thought I'd bring you one more. I hope this helps to transport you to somewhere far, far away and will inspire your future travel plans when we can all travel again. Now, let's get started with a stylish Scandinavian country close to many of us that I, for one, have never visited, yet three of my guests all picked it as their hidden gem. Historian Dan Snow, Mr. and Mrs. Smith's co-founder James Lorne, and chef Rachel Koo all reveal why Sweden, its capital Stockholm, and its wild and wonderful archipelago should be top of our travel hit lists. Stockholm and its archipelago would be a hidden gem. Oh, I've heard that so beautiful. That's probably the most underrated place I've been in my life. Like, I I don't understand why everyone doesn't go there the whole time. So what would you suggest that someone does if they want to experience the beauty of the Stockholm archipelago? I I would go to Stockholm. I would check out what is what is a light like Amsterdam, Copenhagen, one of the world, one of Europe's great cities. Yeah, it's got the single greatest museum on planet Earth in it, the Vasa Museum, with a 17th century battleship capsized about 30 seconds after leaving port on its maiden voyage, and because of the cold Baltic Sea, it's perfectly preserved. It Amazing. is like it is nuts. It's like the Goonies. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and then you, from there, you you go out on a boat. Uh, either one yourself or one of the many boats that Beatles about, and you just go to one of the islands. And there's islands from an island the size of a rock with a little sauna built on it, by whom you don't know. And there's a little stack of firewood outside, and you just replenish the firewood when you leave and have a sauna, jump in the jump in the Baltic, mm-hmm. to bigger islands with hotels and restaurants and, and things on them. But I mean, it's just the best. That it is. It's thousands of islands, thousands of islands, and uh, it is. It is. The people are amazing, the food is amazing, the weather is amazing. It's got it all. I love, uh, uh, there's a a wonderful little place in Stockholm called Etem. And it is the most stylish hotel that you can possibly um, walk across the threshold of. Mm -hmm. It is essentially, I kind of try to coin a new a new name for this type of place, which I've called a private house hotel. So if you imagine you had a fabulous, glamorous, very wealthy aunt and she lived in an amazing house and she had a few staff and she had impeccable taste, that is what Hem feels like to me. And what makes it so special is it was designed, uh, the owner is extraordinary, um, but she got the help from Ilsa Crawford to design it as well. So it was kind of a collaboration between them. Mm-hmm. And you walk in and you immediately feel like it's a home, but there's someone there who's hosting you uh, rather than a general manager and they kind of want to take you around the property and that you walk into the kitchen as if you're walking to someone's home's kitchen but there's a cook in there rather than a chef and you talk to the cook and you say look 
I'd love to have something relaxed tonight, but could we do something a bit more, I don't know, um, uh, interesting tomorrow because it's our anniversary, let's say, and they'll create a five-course menu for you tomorrow night. So oh, you wow, start to yeah. design what you want out of your trip. It's a bespoke experience. Yeah, exactly. But it's truly bespoke, but in a very relaxed kind of way. It's not forced. And uh, they also, this sort of sort of field-to-fork sort of um, trend, obviously it's been going on for a long time. They have their own farm outside of Stockholm where they bring all the stuff in as well and all the from the chickens the eggs for the chickens from the chickens to the to the you know the salad that you might be having on your plate to the vegetables you're eating etc so it's a really clever concept it's very high end so it's not cheap but the rooms are impeccable they are beautiful uh and i think yeah i remember walking in there going wow i've never seen a concept like this before it's it was taking a luxury hotel or a boutique hotel and and reimagining it in this sort of private home sort of style Okay, so uh, I will tell you one of my favourite bakeries in Stockholm. Go for it, please. Um, so this bakery, so everybody knows the cinnamon and cardamom bun. You know, you you have it's very Swedish. Uh, they have this thing called fika. So fika, when I moved to uh, Stockholm, it wasn't like, do you want to go for coffee? It was like, do you want to go for fika? So fika is like having coffee with a bun or coffee with a cake. And I'm like cake involved yes i think we should just always say fika from yes. now on it's <laughs> like include a cake or, or something a sweet treat yeah anyway um this bakery they do uh, cinnamon or cardamom buns where there's so much butter and sugar in it that it caramelizes at the bottom and creates this kind of crispy caramel crust salty caramel crust at the bottom <sighs> you know where butter and salt and sugar and spices merge wow it's just a pool of deliciousness and not many good bakeries will have that same kind of caramel in on it um it's very rare so that's why i really like this place mm. plus they make some lovely hardy kind of rye and sourdough breads anyway so it's called lilla Bros buggery which means Little Brother's Bakery. So that is like my top spot for a bun or some bread. Or if you're lucky and you go around February time, then they have semlor. And semlor are the, they're kind of like a brioche type bun spiked with cardamom, filled with an almond paste and topped with a cloud of whipped cream. God, I don't think I could go there too often <laughs> if I wanted to still fit into my trousers, but it sounds like the absolute dream. Yes. <laughs> Some beautiful recommendations there. A trip combining a stay in Stockholm with a visit to the archipelago sounds like just the kind of at one with nature escape that many of us have been dreaming of right now. I'm also really excited about the new direct flight route from London to Luleå in Swedish Lapland, which is due to launch in December this year, making the new Arctic Bath Spa Hotel an architectural masterpiece, by the way, now far more accessible, as well as the famous Tree Hotel and many other great spots for chasing the northern lights, husky sledding and all those wonderful winter activities. Staying in Europe, the travel editor and all-round travel guru Simon Calder reveals some of his lesser-known quirkier spots for us to uncover. I was really interested. You talked to Giles Brandreth, what a splendid fellow, mm -hmm. and he said he was born in Wuppertal in Germany, but he didn't say, and it's the home of the Schwebeberbahn, which is an upside-down dangling, upside dangling tram. 
Um, and that's wonderful. Wow. Yes. And so that's a definitely a hidden de- gem, very close to Dusseldorf and Cologne. Um, I love, like, again, quite a lot of people you've talked to, sort of former Soviet places and the place you can find the closest you're ever going to get to what it was like in the Soviet Union um, is uh, Tiraspol, which is the capital of Transnistria, which is the breakaway, unrecognised segment of Moldova that, oh, uh, that is off the off the map. Um, What's that like? Oh, it's, it's just it, you, know, you have still got statues of Stalin, not to mention Lenin. Um, you've got uh, the, the sense of of kind of public order of, of everybody kind of watching everybody else, of nothing really being available very easily. It's so exciting and compelling, particularly for people who weren't lucky enough like me to be able to get to the old Soviet Union. Is it quite brutal in terms of architecture? Oh well, they got they got yes, it is actually. Yeah, quite um, stark. I'm trying to think if there's any charming bits, and no, charming bits were thin on the ground, but just <laughs> just fascinating. Um, and then the Azores, which I don't know why so few people go don't go to them i've done seven of the nine so far i'm keep hoping to go back to the uh, uh the remaining two they are just joyful and each one is different the azores are islands that are in the atlantic uh, yeah yeah so, so 1000 miles off the coast of uh, portugal portuguese islands um utterly charming uh incredibly cheap for some reason i don't really know why um, what would I you think, compare them to? Because a lot of people don't haven't heard uh, of them. So they're, like, they're a they're... bit like low rent um, in every sense, canaries, but kind of smaller and greener and more charming. Right. And um, actually, you just reminded me. I had, I think, probably the the best single days hitchhiking ever on the island of Santa Maria, where um, Concord used to refuel. And I think I went three times, three times in a row, where the first car that came along stopped, which has never happened before. It's like the golf equivalent of getting three holes in one or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Azores would be there. And um, Syracuse in, in Sicily, not, not many people go there. Billions of people fly into Catania Airport yeah. and they don't. Just go out, wait by the bus stop. In half an hour, a bus will be along. It will take you an hour. It will take you to this miraculous city so steeped in history. Just, of course, invaded by every every civilization which swept across the Mediterranean. So lots of Greek, Roman history. Now it's slightly tottering Italian place. I mean, Sicily, I think, is kind of like a distilled, more intense version of Italy. So, um, mm. so, so that's very good. As always, plenty of excellent insider travel tips from Simon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Now heading to the gateway of Europe and Asia as adventurer Leveson Wood takes us to Lebanon. I think Lebanon actually was a was a really, really I was only there very briefly on the end tail end of my most recent journey around the Arabian Peninsula. Um, and I chose that because it's, you know, what well, is on the shores of the Mediterranean Sea. It's the kind of gateway to the Middle East. And so to finish there on, on the shores, on the, basically on the boundaries of Europe, kind of brought everything full circle. And it yeah. felt like a bit of a homecoming. It's really, really beautiful. It was, um, you know, the mountains, the food, um, and very, very developed, actually. You get to sort mm-hmm. of cities like Byblos, one of the, the ancient cities um, in the world, um, but you know, there's great cafe culture. And I'd love to go back actually and, and see more of it. And it's still got a bit of a bit of a reputation, you know, because of the political situation there that people do tend to avoid it. But um, from certainly from my experiences, um, from the limited time that I was there, you could absolutely go there for a long weekend and have a great time. Yeah, there are some new hotels that are opening up there as well. Mm. So I guess it shows hopefully that tourism is beginning again yeah. i think it was was it it was, it was you know yeah. back in back in the sort of 60s and 70s it was the sort of the paris of the east wasn't yeah. it um and sadly that all, all fell apart and what's the architecture like there well obviously it did get you know beirut did get fairly destroyed in in, mm. in the war but, but you know if you go out into into places like uh you know the becca valley and, and there's ain't the ancient roman ruins in in baalbek for instance are just magnificent so it's steeped in history absolutely Oh, Beirut, such a stylish city. If you're planning to head there, I recommend checking out Art House Gamaze. It's an art hotel in the Bohemian district there. Very cool, very hip. 
Now, heading farther east, starting first with all-round style icon Lucy Williams and her hidden gem in India. Then, Lonely Planet's Peter Grunert on discovering the kingdom of Bhutan. And finally, TV cook Nadia Hussein on a tiny Thai island that made a big impression. I went to this amazing place. God, I hope it's still there. I believe it's called Annapura. And it's about an hour and a half from Jaipur Mm -hmm. in the countryside. Yeah. Trying to find this place was hilarious. As in, I... So it's it's a... I'll tell you what it is first. It's like a two-bedroom, beautiful sort of villa with a pool. It's got a yellow Labrador that wanders around. And it's right next to this, like village it's apparently I mean apparently they see like jaguars sometimes walking around um it's just so magical and just feels like you're staying with friends in the cut it's it's and after you've been somewhere like Jaipur where it's like amazing but very quite hectic and full-on this it's a proper retreat beautiful old like coffee table books everywhere and um sort of Rajasthani print throws and it's just amazing I was so glad we found it and I did do a write-up on that and I've seen a couple of people I've seen a couple of people go there um sort of friends friends of mine who work in travel have been there and um actually makes me really happy So I I went to Bhutan and reported from Bhutan Oh I'm so jealous um, and it it had been hovering around the top of my bucket list for a long time. And I'm quite strange in as much as I like to keep things in front of me as some kind of motivation and incentive. So I resisted discovering Bhutan for myself uh, for many years because I wanted to keep it hanging there. But finally, uh, I got around to it. Um, Now, Bhutan didn't really allow tourists in until about 1975. um, And still there is a minimum cost in certain months, it's $200 a day. Certain other months, yes. it's $250. It's not, not easy to visit, is it? It's, it's very hard. Yeah, you're right. And, and even just accessing Bhutan involves an adventurous uh, flight. Um, the, the main airport is at quite high altitude, and there's only one kind of airliner that's been adapted with special engines to fly and land in a short space coming in at high altitude. So most people come from Kathmandu. Uh, I think you can come in from India, from uh, Kolkata as well. Uh, So we flew in via Kathmandu. Uh, You fly over Everest. So already just to see Everest looming up is mind-blowing. I was reading about the same experience uh, the other day and and somebody said seeing Everest for the first time is like meeting a celebrity and being starstruck. And it felt like that for me, seeing it. So yeah, you land at the airport. It's meant to be like quite a hair-raising landing, isn't it? Between the peaks. Yeah, we didn't manage it the first time. We had to do a sort of a roundabout and come in and take aim the second time. I I kind of enjoyed it in a weird way. Yeah. Um, It's a country where a lot of people in their day-to-day lives wear national costume. The men wear an outfit called a go, uh, which is a kind of tunic, a sort of um, checked tunic with giant cuffs, although they'll often wear that with Nike trainers. or You know, this doesn't quite get to the the shoes. It can be. A lot of them are more, I'm seeing maroons and dark greys, a bit more sort of sedate colours. Um, and and it's a 
culture, it's a kingdom, and it's a culture that's heavily influenced by uh, a version of Buddhism, a version of Tibetan Buddhism. So you're in the Himalayas with with this Tibetan Buddhism that that infuses so much um, of the culture whilst you're there. Uh, so I was thinking about some of the experiences I had. A lot, a lot of what you do there is visiting what are called zongs. Zongs are fortified monasteries. Um, so, and some of them stretch beyond medieval times. They're 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 ancient. These white, very geometric, um, slightly sort of Chinese influence um, in in the gables and the pantiles on the roofs um, in, in their architecture. They have these just incredibly beautiful frescoes painted inside them um, of tigers and mythical beasts. I found that so beautiful to be there with yeah. the yak butter lamps burning and you know, giant sort of horns being blown and, and monks. Um, although the boy monks we met when we were we did a lot of trekking and you're pretty much constantly at high altitude. So for me, it took quite a while to acclimatize. Yeah. So my heart was beating away constantly, but we were meeting these boy monks. And of course, they're just asking me about premiership football and what's going on with Manchester United. And the power of Manchester United has reached into the furthest, least known corner of the Himalayas. Amazing. We, we chose to, there's a monastery called the Tiger's Nest, which is the most photographed site. So we trekked past that and we kept going and we got to about four and a half thousand meters um, and we went from very hot and sweaty, lower down at about two and a half thousand meters. It was very bright, intense sunlight to heavy blizzards at the top. If you don't mind me briefly taking this in a slightly bawdy direction, I'll just say. So we were taken to lots of different farms as well as monasteries. And in rural houses, um, there's another form of painting that's that's kind of infamous for Bhutan. So the uh, patron saint of Bhutan is somebody called Drukpa Kinli. So Drukpa Kinli was well, Kinli was somebody who um, came to Bhutan promoting a certain kind of Buddhism. And his theory, hundreds of years ago when he came there, was to break down social conventions. And so people would be more imaginative about new teachings as well. So he'd get everybody drunk, he'd break wind, he'd have possibly romantic encounters with all kinds of women and that's how he spread his philosophy apparently but he's a kind right. of folk hero he's a sort uh-huh. of subject of laughter in Bhutan as well but he is revered on on a certain level and so in pretty much every rural farmhouse above the front door you'll see what is euphemistically termed as the magic thunderbolt of wisdom which is for, for want of a better term it's an ornate phallus painted above the doorway i'll spare you the details but it's highly anatomically correct um, and that's that's an auspicious sign that's a sign of um good luck really uh, that you see everywhere oh, that um, sounds charming it's, it's, I mean, it's, honestly it's such a reverential sort of place yeah. and the general demeanor is quite calm and measured and that vibe you get in mountain communities in so many parts of the world so when i was traveling and i went to thailand i thought we were going to go to a kind of like you know kind of typical kind of resorty type 
area where you know all the Brits go and I thought no and and what we we went to this beautiful absolutely beautiful island called Kosakorn mm-hmm. um, and it's got a population of 2000 I've never so, heard of it and you, you you go on a boat like a really bouncy boat and then you get on and then you literally there's a little port and then you turn up and you somebody helps you with your bags and you get up onto the island and they've got it's a population of 2000 so tiny yeah really small um, and they've got uh, the rubber industry so they've got um, they, they've got rubber trees and so they tap for rubber and you kind of walk past and as you drive past in your little tuk-tuk you can see rubber plants and little pots where the rubber's just kind of dripping um, and that's that's where they make most of their money wow. and you've got these rubber mats everywhere um, and is it kind of a tropical paradise it vibe? is exactly that so you, you kind of drive through in these little tuk-tuks and there's no proper cars it's just like little tuk-tuks everywhere um, and there's little stalls and if I was going to say go anywhere go to Kosakorn it is the most beautiful and they've got these little houses these little resorts where you can go and stay and you just feel like a local you don't feel like you're on holiday and it's really funny because I was having breakfast in this little kind of these little huts and I was sleeping in my own little hut which was beautiful it was this beautiful round hut right by the edge of the sea so you could see hear the water you could hear the kind of water just swishing back and forth Mm. and it's just beautiful Um, and then I went for breakfast and I never expected to go there and then I, I, I sat at breakfast and somebody said are you naughty? I was like, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I did not expect to come on a tiny island of population of 2,000 and for anyone to recognize me. And so we so took- that is how life has changed. Yeah, that's yeah. how life has changed. <laughs> and it was it was surreal. But if anyone was ever going to go to Thailand, I would highly recommend Koh Sikorn. It's a beautiful, beautiful island. And of the 2,000 people, I never met one one everybody there was absolutely they were smiling and happy and lovely and they've got this wonderful grandma who makes the best grandmother's curry paste right so you have to seek her out find her everybody knows her on the island if you say where where can i find grandmother's curry paste they will point you to her wow India, Bhutan and Thailand sounds like a pretty good round trip if you ask me Annapura, oh, a magnificent boutique hotel surrounded by lemon groves and roses in the Rajasthani countryside, and it's pretty affordable too. And then the remote Himalayan kingdom of Bhutan, oh, a real bucket list destination, isn't it? Where rather than GDP, life is measured by gross national happiness. I just love that. If you're looking for the ultimate luxurious escape there, five very new Six Senses hotels spread over the west and central valleys of Bhutan have recently opened and they look out of this world, though they don't come cheap. And Kosakorn in Thailand. Have any of you been there? Have any of you tried grandmother's curry paste? Let me know. I'm at Holly Rubenstein on Instagram and Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to hear more from these guests and the rest of season one and two, now is the perfect time to go back and have a listen. There are 24 episodes of pure escapism for you to enjoy from the safety of your own home, of course. And if you're a fan, please spread the word, leave a review or a rating as this really helps other listeners to discover the podcast. I'll be back in the summer with season three. In the meantime, do take care and I'll speak to you soon. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. 
It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos visiting some places that have been on my bucket list and while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.